You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. So it's Trinity Sunday. I want to do two things. I want to offer some thoughts on Trinity Sunday and kind of a sermon form, and then I want to have a conversation about the implications of Trinity Sunday in kind of a Bible study form, and we'll break it up in between so it doesn't feel so, you know, so long. Because um, that's the trick, right? So Paul, writing the Christians living in Ephesus. Ephesus is where you get your letter called Ephesians. Ephesus was a thriving economic city of about 250,000 citizens. It was a city of great diversity, served as a leading city to the richest region of the Roman Empire. It was a hub of economic activity. Idols were made and created in Ephesus. The idols that were offered to some of the Greek and Roman gods were actually built in Ephesus. So it was a thriving place. It's called, actually, if you read through it, you'll find that uh, in history there were some early inscriptions to describe Ephesus that called it the metropolis of Asia. So Paul writes this in Ephesians 2. For through him, which is Christ, we both have access in one spirit... To the Father. So then, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus Himself as the cornerstone. This is one of those texts where you find Paul actually speaking out the Trinity Christ, the Spirit, the Father. And Paul, I think, has a little bit of implication for us in this text, but we're going we're gonna to take that implication, that sort of that so what of the text, and we're going we're gonna to unpack it a little bit more just in this moment, and then we'll do some real deeper unpacking in, in a few more moments. But we are a people who say that we are made in the image of God. And if we say that we're made in the image of God, then we need to understand what it means that we are made and that other people are made in the image of God. That we are made in the image of a triune God, a God who is three in one. And I know that this is hard. This isn't three different gods in one sort of thing. It's, it's, three, it's three persons in one essence. That would be kind of a technical way of thinking about it. One unified purpose of love and community and communion. Lots of different descriptions. The early church and the church as a whole have wrestled with this mystery because it is a mystery of the Christian faith. And, and it'd be, it'd be kind of like trying to play Beethoven on a harmonica. You can get a melody, but you're not going to really do a good job with it, right? We're not going to be able to fully capture Trinitarian understanding. But my concern within Trinity Sunday and this idea of a trinity is that we can make it too intellectual. We can say, oh, it's an intellectual thing. It's something we believe. It's a mystery. But it has profound personal implications. And this is, this is what I mean. We are made in the image of a God who is in God's own self, eternal community, eternal communion, and eternal self-giving participation. God within God's own self is community. God, Father, Son, and Spirit form a community that is a divine community, a divine trinity. And if God is that divine community, then we know that being made in the image of God means we are made for relationship. Beloved, you are made for community. That need that you have to be seen, that need that you have to be known, that need that you have to be wanted, that is a divine need. Now, when that need 
has trauma and harm and hurt and desperation, then it can turn into approval. It can turn into fawning, like conflict avoidance. It can turn into all kinds of other things, even forms of abuse. It can turn into a lot of things if unchecked. But if you begin to understand that you being made in the image of God means you are created for community because you're made in the image of a God who is eternal community, then you understand that you are made for relationship. Literally, neurologically, our brains are wired for relational attachment. You ever thought of that? We talk about that. Like our brains are wired for attachment. We are meant to be into life with someone else. We are divinely made for that. You cannot go at life alone. You're not made for that. And you don't have to do that. But let me speak to us as a church. When we don't understand what it means for people to be made in the image of God, which part of that meaning would be they're made for eternal community, which means they are made for relationship, and we as a church aren't trustworthy in relationships, then we don't live into the image of God. Are you with me? Come on now. When we push people away because they don't fit our agendas. When we push someone away who is desperately showing in their life they just want to belong. And we push them away in the name of our God. Then we are showing we don't understand what it means for people to be made in the image of that God who is eternal community. So when we push away neighbors, when we push away any neighbor that society says is not worth being in community with, whether it's our neighbor based upon bodies and skin, whether it's our LGBTQ plus neighbors, any neighbor, when we push, when the church pushes neighbors away in the name of our beliefs in God, in the name of our religious tenets in God, then we are showing we don't understand what it means then for us or them to be made in the image of a God who is made for relationships. Because nobody deserves to be alone. Amen. Nobody. And what did Paul, thank you. And what did Paul, right, Robin? And what did Paul say in Ephesians? What did Paul say? He said, now, because of this God, you are now citizens of the kingdom. You're members of God's household. Everybody say household. So then when you come into faith, you're part of a new household. The question is, are we a faithful household? Can we love each other well here so that we can love each other people who want to come here? And if the church isn't a faithful household, if a church doesn't live into the fullness of the image of God within ourselves, then we are not going to love others in the image of God. When we deny people relationship, hear me again, when we deny inclusion, when we deny equity, We deny the image of God. And we forget that none of us were denied by that God. None of us were denied. God didn't say clean up before you come home. Your mama may have. Your grandma may have. Your auntie may have. God's not going to tell you that. God knows you can't clean up before you come home. And then we also remember that God is eternal communion. And if God is eternal communion of love, commune, presence, one another-ness, intimacy is the language. 
intimacy. God is eternal communion in love in God's own community. Then you, being made in the image of God, are also made for love. You're made for love. I'm made for love. I'm made to want to be loved because I'm made in the image of a God who's eternal community. And I'm made to want to receive love and to give love because I'm made in the image of a God who is eternal communion. And any time that we say we love somebody but won't include them, we need to think about what we mean when we say love. When we say to somebody, God loves you just as you are, but we don't welcome them just as they are, then we don't understand what it means for someone to be made in the image of God. And you know what will happen is we won't look at ourselves rightly either in the mirror because our unworthiness, our failures, our missteps and misgivings will somehow tell us with that inner critic that lives inside of us that we too are not worthy of love. And the biblical tradition, the Christian tradition, boldly declares and reminds the church every year on Trinity Sunday that being made in the image of God means you were literally made for love. And the God who is in God's own self love, loves you just as you are, not as people say you should be. And now has created a household that is supposed to model that. And if you think, well, Fred, but what about, but what about, but what about, but what about? Then I need you to also ask at the end of that, well, then what about a bloodstained cross and an empty tomb that makes us think we need to even ask, but what about? Because if we turn that question around, then what about me? What about you? And yet here we are, made in the image of God, loved by the God who's made us in God's own image. Here we are, trying to fill up image of God longings with things outside of God. And the church, let me just say this, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe that the church's inability and unwillingness to welcome and include people who are made in the image of God to come as a people who are longing for relationship and longing for love, who then do not include them because of the tenets they hold about the God who made them and all in God's image are a people then who push others out to try and find a way to fill that longing somewhere else. We are the embodied witness of the God of love. We are supposed to show people what love actually looks like. And we fail. God, if I have to keep watching Hillsong Secrets and shiny happy people and see all the things that have been done in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, because of tenets we believe and to see that we don't always do a good enough job living out of our own remade image of God in the name of God and we cause harm in the world. We're not living in such a way that gives Jesus a fair shot. But you and I can. Can you say, you and I can. We can. We as a Christian church can do this because we can remember what it means to be made in the image of God and Trinity Sunday can remind us and then we can embody that confession in how we live our lives together. That's what we can do. So we can do it. We have the spirit of the God in whose image we've been made. Do not let your theology dismiss that reality. 
Because this is Trinity. So when we say they're made in the image of God, this is what we should mean. Because being made in the image of God also means being made in the image of the God who is eternal self-giving participation. You, beloved, are made to participate in God's life. You have been woven into God's life. You are one in Christ. There's so much biblical language we don't have time to get into. But you now are divine partakers, as Peter would say, of God's life. You are participants in the life of God. I don't know what the world or what your family or what the society or what religion or what church has told you about you. But I will tell you as someone made in the image of the triune God, you are made for eternal relationship, you are made for love, and you are made for participation in God's life, which means you have something beautiful to give to this world. You have something beautiful to give to the purposes of God. Every single person here has an absolute, undeniable role to play in the purposes of God. You have been woven into the perichoresis. Anybody know what perichoresis is? The $10 word that the early church used to use in the medieval times that came up with a way of trying to explain Trinity because, as you imagine, it's kind of a complicated concept. So they came up with this word of perichoresis, which means circle dance. And they would say that God within God's self is perichoresis. God within God's own self is one big circle dance. God is dancing within God's self. The spirit does a dance. The son does a dance. The father does a dance. And they're different dances because in the divine economy of the roles that the spirit and Jesus and the father play, they're different roles, but they play the same. They're in the same dance because they are an undivided community. You have been swept up into the dance of God. And God doesn't want you to be like I was in middle school, had the middle school dance, sitting in the corner by yourself wishing somebody would dance with you. God wants you to join the dance. The Father gives himself, the Son gives himself, and the Spirit gives himself, and all for our good as a signpost to the Lordship of Jesus. And as the Father gives the Son, and the Son who gives the Spirit, who gives us God's present, God summons us to join God in this beautiful dance of mutual submission to participate in God's story of redemption. The Trinity is not in subordination. The Trinity is in submission, which is why mutual submission is the call of the church. There is no one above the other. It is one divine dance of love and inclusion and relationship and purpose and power. And only when we get it twisted does submission turn into subordination? Only when we get it twisted and we lose the image of God in whom, inside of us, the purposes of that, only when we get it twisted does it start looking like anything other than what we see in God, Father, Son, and Spirit. The God who is a triune God wants to transform us into the fullness of God's image. Right? Paul would say the image of his son. You with me? But here's the struggle. This world in which we live, and all of the harms, and all of the prides, all of the hurts, and all of the hopes of the world in which we live, causes us at times to resist the transformation God wants to make within us, and therefore through us. And that's what I'd like to do after we sing this song, is unpack what that means.
So we're going to sing, All Hail to the King of Kings. Notice we're not going to sing, All Hail to Jesus, our personal Lord and Savior. We're going to sing, All Hail to the King of Kings. The one in whom we have life and breath in our being. The one in whom all of the false loves and false inclusions and false participations are completely reorganized and named and called what they are. False. Let us celebrate the God who has made you and brought you into God's own life for a love that will never end, for an inclusion and a welcome that will never end, for a life, a life, y'all, that will never end. You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast.